number 35 of the infinite backlog a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy marvel comics i'm andy the instant pancake and with me are my co-hosts shane in the turkey outfit you can't make sex noises andy you can't do that (laughs) (laughs) and rory with a mouthful of sand now we're doing my sex noises (laughs) whatever noises you can make around the sand well if you have a talented mouth you can make lots of noises around sand If you have a talented (laughs) mouth. (laughs) Today's comics. Now the podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) Today, (laughs) we read stuff with Nova, the X-Men, the Avengers, and the Guardians of the Galaxy. It takes us from August 1977 through February of 1978. And you know what? I don't have sad facts today. I've got happy facts. A whole little selection of them. First one. Steely Dan releases their album Asia, which fucking slaps so hard your teeth fly out. Anita Bryant, that anti-gay singer from an earlier selection of sad facts that I did, she gets pied in the face, like literally with pie. That's amazing. (laughs) San Francisco elects openly gay uh, Harvey Milk as their mayor. That's also cool. And Ted Bundy is captured. Look at all these happy facts. It's It's a good year for facts. Oh, oh, hold on. Uh, no, no, no. I'm seeing a note. I'm seeing a note here. Uh, no, no. Nothing bad happened in the 70s. <laughs> it looks like uh, Roman Polanski fleed the country after having sex with a minor. Ooh. Oh, Isn't oh, that guy no. still on the run? Yes, he's still not. He is not on the run. He is living a completely safe life free <laughs> of extradition. Yeah, no fucking kidding. What a, what a and mess. And Hollywood still makes films with him. God. It's like it's like we never it's like we can't move past Chinatown. It's like, yeah, but he made Chinatown. So like, what are you going to do? That's like can't just acknowledge, "Hey, I saw that movie before I knew. It's a good movie, but maybe now I'm not going to show more people Chinatown." Like it's really yeah. not that hard of a conversation to have. It's not. It's super also not Chinatown's that hard of a not that you don't have to see Chinatown. <sighs> anyway, I had another sad fact, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just mad about Roman Polanski, and I feel like I've got this this sort of springboard energy to take us into this this uh, fucking new segment that uh, I need to come up with a name for. Perhaps it's called Out with Bathwater or uh, Taking Out the Trash or whatever. Basically, we don't want to talk about this Avengers issue that we read because it's nothing, but we're going to go around and each get a chance to have one little hot take or one little thought about it. Who wants to go first? Let me see if I took literally any notes on it. <laughs> I don't think I did. That speaks volumes. Shane? Um, there's a really good line where a girl says, sit on it, Nighthawk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't get the end of it when this, when that couple just fades like 
the the some sort of silent man tricks there's a couple oh, char- there's yeah. a couple like tertiary characters in the avengers that I, I i'm we're not reading enough avengers for me to really keep my keep my head around but at some point in the melee a sort of scary man looks at a lady and she's and like then- oh god he's oh god I, I know what he's thinking and then they both hold hands and disappear into nothingness <laughs> <laughs> For uh, for your reference, I did look it up. That lady, that was her first appearance, so she's just a model, what? and and that guy is who knows. <laughs> okay, so it, it makes as little sense as as it should. It made, I guess, the, greater context does nothing for that moment. Wait, no. he never he never comes back. They never read this. No, this no, 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 they they do. I just didn't look into it because I don't care. But uh, like oh. on the on the article about this issue, they didn't name him. So I was like, cool, mysterious stranger. And who's this character? Oh, she first appeared this issue. Great. I wonder I don't if need this was an issue that was kind of more like they have a lot of setup they want to do, and because so yeah, this Avengers issue really nothing happens. Not even much exposition. As we said, they'd leave a lot un- unknown, but. You could sort of see pieces being put where they want them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Guardians kind of, of the Galaxy are back in time. They mm-hmm. kind of bifurcated into two different comics. Like we've got Guardians and the Avengers at the beginning. And then we cut over to the Wasp and Hank Pym and some sort of gala, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> where, which is invaded by Shane's favorite new hero. She, <laughs> by, by, the, by the porcupine. Or villain, the porcupine. Who well, is, it, uh, it's not just some kind of gala. It's like... It's like Wasp's designer clothing line that she made and designed and whatever. (laughs) Oh, it's so strange. Which is kind of Uh, like an interesting storyline, but like, give me like, it would be if not every woman in these character in these comics were like obsessed with high fashion. True, they're all also models. (laughs) This this section should be called this segment. Andy should be called like make up your mind because they they wrote. (laughs) Three different comics, and then they they cut and pasted half of. Yeah, it is kind of three because the guardians are in there too. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, it, it, this is just set up for the Korvac saga that eventually, you know, in the next couple weeks, I think we're gonna get to, and There's we may hate it and fail. I mean, <laughs> I, I get that he's sort of like you know a big a big player in space, and that they need somebody of a. <laughs> I'm a big. I, I'm a big I'm deal a big in, space. in space. I'm a big deal in space. <laughs> Uh, they love me but, out in space. But so. the villain has no interesting motivation, and he's just uh, he's just a centaur, but instead of the bottom, he's a box. He's an Amazon yeah. box. He's an Amazon <laughs> box centaur. Yep. It's 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 so uncompelling. I uh I didn't get to take my turn. Uh my my one hot take from this issue before we move on from it and and throw it away is that uh it's not fun reading the beast in this issue because he's no. constantly throwing out racist comments and fat jokes oh my god know. i'm just kind of not time. here for it i'm not really i here did for like it, when they, they call him a space monkey and they're like they're like there's the, they're just like completely over this annoying beast right away who's bouncing around in space no no what are you go away take your racist bullshit somewhere else Let's talk about X-Men. This is uh, this is sort of a, a continuation, and, and we finish one story, and we kind of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we kind of start uh, another. Yes, we do. Um, the sort of ongoing, like, Professor Xavier having crazy visions about invaders from space, and we finally get something here. I don't know what it was that we got, because it was the hardest comic that I've read for this podcast for me to follow. There, well, yeah. It's 
it's a little messy. I, I would not call it the hardest we've had to follow because it's it is mostly just a space battle um, that, you know, that's leads... true. It's not as bad as the Kree scroll war. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You're right. It, the X-Men have been warped to to some some part of the Shi'ar Empire and the face off with uh, with Gladiator and his guys. The uh, he calls them the Imperial Guard. I always thought they had a more comic name, but maybe they don't. Yeah, you don't think, I don't you know. You think Imperial Guard sounds comic-y enough? I, Not really. Star Wars. They're like, they're to like me. space or like well, real world history. Well, yeah, but there's they reference Star Wars in some of these comics. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, they do. Star Wars has literally entered the realm. Yeah, of it, it just came out like a few yeah. months before this issue. Yep. And they, uh, um, they're this is sort of so this is the culminating, um, I guess climactic fight fight. Uh, from from what we started last week, or maybe the week before, um, yeah, I think it was a couple weeks ago, where they they were trying to either kill Professor X or or kidnap Jean, and then at the very end, Fire Lord. Uh, then we meet this this Princess Lissandra, Ilissandra, Lilandra, Lilandra, <laughs> and uh, and then sort Rory, of... did you read the comics? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dumb name, Shane. I'm, I'm on Rory's kidding. side, and then. Uh, it's the and only name I know. He, she gets she gets captured back to the Shi'ar Empire, and Jean uses her Phoenix magic to teleport them there. That's where we start. Yeah. So yes. then they land. They land in space somewhere in space, uh, <laughs> and uh, and do battle with this entire retinue of new new characters. new characters. There's so many, and we don't ner- we don't learn like half of their names. I don't understand what their powers are. At one point, Banshee's looking around, and Banshee goes. I don't understand any of this. And I'm like, <laughs> same Banshee. <laughs> Who's um, Chod? Who's Waldo? What's the jammer? Um, I'm sorry. His name well, is Chode. Ch- Chode and Waldo are from the space jammers <laughs> Ch- who are Chode. a little bit more established. You mean the star jammers? <laughs> no, yeah, the star jammers. <laughs> it's so much jargon and silly names and it's all it's all turning into mud in my in my, in my if mouth. You- if you go look at the Discord, I posted a panel of things that are just words strung <laughs> together. Uh, I believe your I believe what you posted was Chode, call Waldo in the jammer. <laughs> Which is is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's like poetry. But uh but what it isn't is is particularly followable. There's no handholds here for me to understand the stakes of what's going on. There's just a fuck ton of new people and they're all fighting. And then they have to stop in the middle of this crazy fight to suddenly give us exposition about the big villain and why he's doing it and what the stakes are. And all of a sudden, like, this is what it's about, that there's like this emperor who's Lalandra's brother and there's this crazy power source that's like nine gems or something and maybe they're stars and they align every million years and there's a whole bunch of power in it and then they all get transported like inside the crystal and like <laughs> I don't fu- I, like what are we doing right now I, but it's I did bananas like, once we warp a few of the X-Men into the crystal I, I really like this it gets this good the comic yeah, yeah it gets yes, it gets really yes. good the writing gets a lot cleaner and it, they start to like piece together how how the phoenix is like an energy being that lives inside of Jean, and so this crystal is like trying to suck it up. Like Jean is basically the straw that the crystal is sucking her phoenix through. Like that's that's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> like like so much Baja blast. Yeah. 
I yeah, I, I think that, that that that's the prop that's probably the best part. I mean, obviously it's the part that's related to a character we already care about. So of mm-hmm. course yeah. like it makes sense. Like Jean is going through some shit. She's changing. She's got this crazy Phoenix force inside of her. And then at the climax of this whole thing, she becomes a Phoenix that's larger than a solar system and just blasts everybody. Well, yeah, she's 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 fading into some sort of ener- like, you know, dispersed energy being and Storm brings her back. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought in a pretty cool moment. Yeah, their hearts touch. Their, their, their hearts heart, do Their touch. heart energy <laughs> touches. Jean says something like, you know, if you stay in here, you'll die. And she says it. And then Aurora says, it's my life to give. And then just like, badass moment. Yeah. And and then and then she feels like the other X-Men doing the same. It's like, yeah, we're all giving our lives for you. We love you. We love you. Our hearts. And then uh, I guess for some reason within this, within this sort of like, you know, energy monster meld that... Uh, all the nightmares Professor X has been having, everybody starts getting their own version of the bad nightmares. Mm-hmm. And it turns Scott's eyes into it turns Scott's eyes on, and he blasts Jean. And I th- yeah. think I th- it was sort of unclear if she was like, "I'm ephemeral now." It's, it's sort of a funny moment. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. I should be dead, but I guess I'm a ghost. Well, that's yeah. a problem. That's a problem for later. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem for a future gene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy. Uh and what 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 I thought was hilarious is that there's there's a little bit of an inkling over the last like whole arc, you know, mini issues that like Xavier keeps having these visions of this princess Lalandra and like you can maybe kind of think that maybe he's into her a little bit. And of course they're having some sort of like mind meld connection from across the galaxy or whatever. But when they finally like win and she comes, she comes to earth with them. They're like gonna bone. The, yeah, like she literally says X-Men. it out loud. She says it out loud. She goes, she goes, I am all yours physically. Yeah. My sire. And you're like, no. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, I, I like I like uh, I like Professor X dating a space princess. I think that's me wild. too. It's really good. They're not Who even dating. She's satisfy? just she's literally just his sex alien. Okay, well, that's not we so don't, bad. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know yet. We don't know. Yet. We haven't seen them together. Like we we don't. I mean, literally, we don't know enough about Lalandra yet to even really feel anything about her. It's just she shows up and they're like in love, I guess. And so okay, yeah, but cool. Andy. The the bone on his body is broken, but the bone in his mind is, is awesome. Can we wait before we leave this planet and actually talk about her coming back? Can we talk about how Scott's dad is there? Uh, is Corsair? Corsair. Yeah. Corsair. Corsair. Cyclops' dad. Did the you guess he would pirate. be a sexy pirate? Because I did not. You know, yeah. the Cyclops man with the beams. His dad's a pirate. A sexy seems- space pirate. That seems like a logical choice. No, I like I like him a lot. Uh, uh, there's a fun it, moment. That they sort of they sort of jam in a little exposition for why we find out uh, Corsair is Scott's dad. But Gene's like, "Why does this space pirate talk like an old timey New Yorker?" I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna read his brain real quick. <laughs> Just give me a sec. Give me a sec. Oh shit. Yeah, he does the tropey thing where he's like, "No, don't tell Scott I'm his dad. It's better this way." And then he like flies off continuing to be an absent father uh i don't really i don't know i i don't i don't exactly know why he had to do that but i get that it's the structure that stories have done for decades in media like this 
Uh, especially because in a serial sort of thing, you want to delay shit so that you have story things to use later because you'll run out of ideas because you put out in, a monthly um, comic. <laughs> in all new X-Men, uh, young Scott finds out that Corsair is his dad while he's still young Scott and then just immediately just decides to be a space pirate too. So, you know, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> all right. See that I could get behind. So wait, is his dad human or is Scott an alien? I said his human. dad's human. It's a sort of it's a it's a Star Lord situation. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I mean, cool. <laughs> uh, there's there's one more issue of of X Men that we should briefly talk about oh, where we God, uh... the horny summer teen camp issue. Let's talk. About it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone gets home. Xavier and Lalandra are probably just like locked in a room, staring at each other while their minds have a little crazy time. <laughs> Shut uh, up! <laughs> Storm st- 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 takes a sexy shower in a tornado and then spends the rest <laughs> of the episode, spends the rest of the issue complaining about clothes and American taboos. This is literally the second time we have seen her use her powers to shower herself just in her room. No, no, no. This time she doesn't just use it to shower herself. She gives herself a shower and she waters her friends, the plants. <laughs> <laughs> But she's just got to be naked to do it, oh and then they go gosh. out. Her, so it's it's uh, it's it's her, Peter Colossus, Banshee, and Moira McTaggart, and they're all going out for a picnic, which I think just means they're all gonna go fuck in the woods, and. <laughs> <laughs> And, it's true. And Wolverine walks by and is like, hey, Bob, I want in on that, Bob. <laughs> and, and they're like, yeah, more the merrier. And he's like, I actually just want to ride to the woods myself. I'm there to but... smell the woods. Yeah. <laughs> he literally is like, I'm going to chase animals and touch no, yeah, yeah, he says, he says <laughs> that killing animals takes no skill, but playing tag in the woods with the deer is, what, is, is his ultimate goal. <laughs> he's got a real catch and release program. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's so great. But but fucking Colossus and Storm are just like as close to naked as the comics code would allow. I'm positive. <laughs> and they're just lingering under a tree while like Banshee is carrying Moira up like above his head, like ha <laughs> frolicking in the river. They're having some sort of like fucking the sirens from the Odyssey, like debauchery out there and then wolverine gets attacked by the sexiest canadian i've ever seen the the sexiest canadian (laughs) ever with the greatest costume i have ever seen for a country themed hero (laughs) what Uh, fucking yes so this he introduces himself as as weapon alpha and is that his name forever? His name's, I mean, his real name is James McDonald, but James McDonald Hudson. But does he get a different, like, hero name at some point? I don't know. Is I, he, ca- I, like, Captain Canada? Or, <laughs> like, what do we do? I, I really don't know. Uh, is there a main title for, for uh, Alpha Squad? Or is it always sort of just around? Oh, do you mean, like, Alpha Alpha Flight? Or, or Alpha Flight, yeah, I'm sorry. Here, let me, let me add one of those sound cues where I type, 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 type. There is an Alpha Flight title. Alpha Flight Volume One, Issue One, starts in 1983. Okay, cool. So, so they so have. Yeah, we it, have to wait a little bit. They have. They have come to uh, to sort of en- enact Wolverine's Wookiee life debt to the nation of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> like he has to. He has to come back. 
and do uh, Canada stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you can only stay away from Canada for so long. Canada always gets <laughs> did, its man. Did, did, did you think Canada would never notice that we would forget? <laughs> One of my favorite sentences that he says when he shows up is he goes, my battle suit is the ultimate product of Canadian technology. Yeah. And it's, I, it's so good. It's so good. Also, I, I've looked him up. Apparently, later on, he goes by various names, but it, one of them is Major Maple Leaf. <laughs> but he also goes as Weapon Alpha, Anti-Guard, Vindicator, and his current uh, name is just Guardian, which is... Kind of vanilla after you've been Major Maple Leaf, I gotta say. Yeah, I feel like Major Maple Leaf is, has staying power. I know. God damn it. Anyway, yeah, so we're we're starting sort of this, like, Weapon X is coming back for, for Wolverine. And, that, you know, I, I assume that's sort of our next little mini arc that we're going to do. So we're going to have more, more of Weapon Alpha, more of the sexy Canadian man coming back. So I hope so. God, I hope so, too. <laughs> We read six issues of Nova, and it was a lot. Yeah, a lot happened. Uh, <laughs> I the okay. uh, the Here first issue of Nova is for sure the worst issue of Nova we've read. Ep- issue Bullshit. twelve, Bullshit. and and I I I would like to put it aside from things that we have completely said, like no way Jose to one of the worst issues of comics we've read for this for this podcast. You don't like yeah. the wall vaginas? Uh, no, not really. Th- this this murder this murder mystery with Spider Man, and it's just so much happening. It's like a fucking Agatha Christie story. It is or like something. an Agatha Christie. And then Spider Man and Nova fight during it, and then they stop fighting. It's it's a mess. It's bad. There's there's uh ten new characters we have to get backstory on. It, it's it's tragically awful. Can I tell you my favorite thing that came out of this issue? So the murder mystery is about Richard Ryder's dead uncle. He's now dead. Uh, Ralph Ryder, who was a, a, a scientist or something, a, a sort of intelligent man with a library. Uh, in a flashback, we see that Peter Parker, on Doc Connors' suggestion, had gone to his like place, I guess, to read books or something. <laughs> and while he's there, Ralph Ryder is like, why didn't you tell me you were a superhero? And Peter Parker oh, is whole, like the anagram thing. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! Yeah, he's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Cause Peter Parker anagrammed is Cree Trapper, you know, like the Cree aliens. So you're obviously a superhero." I'd like to introduce a new segment to y'all. Another <laughs> another new segment today. It's just called Anagram Time, I guess. <laughs> Uh, where I reveal that uh, Rory, your your name is a perfect Rory Voy is a perfect anagram of Ivory Ore. Oh, that's which pretty I, good. Which is where Ivory would come from in a just universe. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad happens in mines. <laughs> Shane Shane Smith, your uh, your name is a perfect am- anagram of Smash Thine, as in you smash mine, I'll smash, smash thine. thine? <laughs> And I can't believe how prepared you are for this. <laughs> I can't believe how prepared you are for this. And I'm Andrew Eric Davison, which I found two really good ones. So we've we've got one that's sort of like a almost like haiku in nature. It's a candied snow river, or 
alternately, Carnivore Dad's wine, which is just, I guess, what Carnivore Dad drinks when he's had a tough day. <laughs> but I don't think any of us are superheroes because none. I mean, maybe Shane with Smash Thine. That sounds pretty intense. Maybe Shane's yeah. a superhero. Uh, Carnivore Dad is absolutely a superhero. <laughs> Andy, are you on anagrams.com or something? You have to be right. No, and I bet he tried his name first website. with no Eric. Put put if my being... middle name in. Put my middle name in and see. Yeah, what we else get comes middle out. names too, you donkey. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. We can do this one live. We can do this one live. Then we'll do it. We'll do another one. So I'm gonna go to my the, the website that I use. Um, uh, where'd it go? There it is. <laughs> Anagramyournamecom uh, So Shane, what's your middle name? Kavini. K I W I N I. Oh, that's gonna add some fun shit. <laughs> We're getting good letters. We're getting good Scrabble oh, letters. That's good Scrabble. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, oh shit! No, 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 no. Like this, Rory. Your middle name, Brendan. Oh. All right. So those are long enough that it's going to take a few minutes to sort of figure that out. So we'll come back at the end of the episode with some new anagrams. <gasps> yes. Uh, but let's keep talking about about Nova. <laughs> God, I I could not believe that was the bo- most bullshit thing. And and as Shane pointed out when he was reading, he texted me and he was like, "Hey, Andy, this fucking issue ends in a cliffhanger that continues in a Spider-Man issue that you're not even having us read." Yeah, so like, we don't know what happens at the end of it. I for sure called Andy out through text last night. I was Do like. You- Hey, look what I found. <laughs> Do you want to know? Yeah. I know. Um, hang on. Can, I'm not can, reading Can we it. guess? Can we guess? Yeah. Oh, can, like who's does the somebody, bad guy? Does somebody, does somebody have it up and can read off the four suspects? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So I'll, I will read this directly text from the book. Okay, so first it's there's beautiful. Michael Link. First. There's Michael, or do you want the announcer voice? First, there's Michael Lincoln, writer's embittered assistant. You blame the doctor for his success and your failure. Franklin Risk, you're a strong-arm businessman who's been known to engage in any shady deal to get what he wants. Harry Days, you belong to AIM, a group that kills at the drop of a hat. Just... <laughs> also a group fanatical about new weapons and inventions. And finally you, Jason Dean, the mod is it is it Magia? Magia? Yeah, Magia. The Magia has its hand in every illegal activity in the country. We can't rule you out, can we? Is it So none what do of you them, think? Andy? It's it is them. one of them. It is one so, of them. The funny thing about murder mysteries like this is that three of the characters like we're supposed to think that there's three innocent people and one killer, and there's three killers who maybe didn't do this kill. Right. Yeah, leads me to think it might be the assistant. A, the guy who's a member of Advanced Idea Mechanics, that's those are just techno Nazis. Like, yep. like I don't care if he's guilty for this. He should go to jail forever. So Franklin uh, Risk? Is it Franklin Risk? Rory, what's your guess? Well, I want to. I personally would kind of. I'm hoping for the businessman. I want. I want that. Ca- I want that dirty pig to go to capitalist prison. Which one is that, Shane? That Franklin Risk. Oh, so you both are on Franklin Risk. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually. Uh, it's it's Jason Dean, <laughs> and I don't. Re- I didn't read the whole issue, so I don't know the re- exact whys and wherefores. But I do want to tell you the incredible clue that you totally should have seen when we first see. Ralph Ryder's dead body. He has fallen upon a bunch of pages of a calendar, and he's got a bunch of months of the calendar. Oh out. no! And he's put he's put his point his hand on the calendar on the, the on the date. 
some the important dates. The months of the calendar pages that he has fallen upon spell out <gasps> Jason D. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's uh that's some real Da Vinci Code bullshit. <laughs> Calm down, Dan Brown. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, that was fucking pointless, but that's only one issue. <laughs> yeah, the rest I kind of dug. So, so me too, me too. In, in, in the next couple issues, uh, the uh, uh, Nova starts hanging around with this guy named the Crime Catcher, the Crime Buster. Oh, yes, Crime Buster. Mm-hmm. So, crime so buster. what I'm enjoying about Nova, because I, I think it is that uh, the the sub the total subversion of the fantasy that like he's this total zero and then he becomes a superhero and his life's awesome. He's not only mm-hmm. the worst student at school, he's the worst superhero. I mean, we don't really see that on the page. He seems pretty competent, but that's the sort of narrative. Mm-hmm. Is that he's the worst superhero, and um, I like that that is taking an emotional toll on him. That he's just like having a really hard time doing anything right. And yeah. his friends and family are getting mad at him, and he's and and they're not really understanding his point of view and how hard it is to be bad at everything. And like, <laughs> you just don't know. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to suck at things. Like you're a superhero. <laughs> I'm the worst superhero. It's awful. Um. <laughs> so then he kind of he sort of finds he he's sort of collecting father figures, and I think that's yes. funny too because we've had we've had such intense father figure action from the Vulture. Yeah. Uh, so, so Crime Buster is is not really a very interesting hero, as his name as his name uh, suggests. But he's just an older guy with wisdom to impart on our young Nova. Mm-hmm. And apparently, he's been uh, he's been doing this for two years, but sort of quiet, like on the quiet. He hasn't like been out in front of people. Like, yeah, he's he's not he's not a camera hog. Yeah, he's just doing yeah. the work. He's just doing the fucking work. He's just doing the work. <laughs> Yeah, no, I really, I really liked it. Um, he is like, he just sort of like for a couple issues, he's just sort of a not a sidekick, but just kind of like a partner. He shows he, up. He, that's like, what's yeah, interesting. Let's... He 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 takes the sort of the trope role of the sidekick. He's in the the dynamic is hero and sidekick, but he's an older, more experienced person with with wisdom to to give Nova. Yeah, I and I was I was there for it. Mm-hmm. It's a wholesome yeah. relationship, even though the crime buster's goofy as shit, and he has a lasso gun and eye beams <laughs> and goggles and like hypno goggles. He's got hypno beams. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I I really like I really like a lot of the small moments in these Nova issues. Actually, like yes, most of most of reading Nova is very similar to reading X Men or Spider Man, where a lot of it is combat. And and with the sort of nothing dialogue that comes with it. But with Nova, we do get some really fun, like smaller moments. And they actually they feel uh they feel like they have the freedom and the like the playfulness to sort of like like he does he does one where he he flies by the Baxter building and the thing is just in there like reading a book and he looks out the window and he's like, Fuck man, I wish when I I miss when it was just this I'm fantastic foreign spider spider man. <laughs> Things used to be so fucking simple. Now we got these yeah. fucking kids flying everywhere. And we have this whole like half page of the thing sort of just being like, man, Marvel Comics got crazy, didn't they, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know. I like like there's little things like that all over the place. And I, I really appreciate it. And all of this, all of the co- sort of comic book nonsense that's been ha- that's been happening, these first three issues of Nova that we read 
are all actually kind of building into some sort of grander narrative with the writer, you know, the the writer family patriarchs and some his some schoolmate, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 Flash Gordon type or Flash Thompson, Flash whatever. I'm having such a hard. I'm completely <laughs> losing my ability to keep track of all of the nonsense that we're going through. Yeah, I I, I don't retain names at all. When You're talking about uh, Michael. Uh, I've forgotten his last name. It's like Michael something. He's kind of like the, yeah, he's the, he's the Flash Thompson type. He's sort of a bully, but he's also sort of a, uh, he's, he's kind of a, a a Harry Osborn type as well with like a, a really demanding family and like buckling under the pressure. And so, I mean, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of interesting, I suppose. There's a, there's a sort of, uh, you know, spooky business Nazi who winds up being, uh, being around. Mm hmm. Unfortunately, when we finally reveal who he's working for, the sort of spooky, shadowy figure that he's been working for for many issues at this point, it's a it's a it's an it's Asian racist, villain named yeah. the Yellow Claw, and it's like, mm-hmm. <sighs> and because okay. they've they've sort of overused some of these sort of visual design tropes, which is because it's again, you know, coded racism. But I was almost willing to give it a pass, not give it a pass, but like not call it deliberate until we sort of meet some of yellow claws higher ups like lou wing mm-hmm. uh who are you know just clearly just a- asian people and then you're like now i can't now i can't with this yeah. Mm-hmm. yep yeah no so that that part is is not wonderful which is too bad because yellow claw is pretty fucking cool yeah he's like yeah ci- he's like half he's like a cyborg and <laughs> uh he wears a cape. i don't know i really liked him i really liked this villain and it was a bummer that we just had to go Go racist name on it. Yeah. Also, he's got an army of like jetpack warriors that fly yeah. out from his undersea dome. The undersea dome is pretty cool. And the, and he summons a tidal wave, and Nova and Shield have to fight a tidal wave. They uh, shoot lasers at a tidal wave. <laughs> lasers at a tidal wave. <laughs> oh, but what are you a, doing, Shield? These next three issues, we introduce you know the king of all daddy figures to to mm. Nova. And is this the first time we've really spent any time with Nick Fury in this podcast? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, he's, I, I mean, just to sort of remind people, Nick Fury has been around pre mar like before it was called Marvel. Uh, he was like a World War II hero. Like it was like Nick Fury and his howling commandos fighting the good fight against Hitler, et cetera, et cetera. Wait, and did you say Mick Fury? No. Not Mick Fury. I, for some reason, I thought they like. I thought they like changed his name or something. It's not a new McDonald's the burger. The McFury. <laughs> the McFury. <laughs> no, he. Uh, and, and at a certain point, they made a, a sort of interesting. Mc, I think, but McFury th- would be a great last name. Yes. <laughs> uh, an interesting, I think, decision where th- it's like, yeah, you know, this like World War II hero. Well, we most of the rest of our comics take place in the modern times. So let's have another title concurrently where like, yeah, we still have these like old war stories going on with Nick Fury, but now he's old and he's like black ops top brass and he's running shield or he's like at the beginning, he's like an agent of shield. He's like a really high ranking agent of shield. And then slowly he sort of starts running the place. And I just thought, I thought it was an interesting, I mean, obviously it's kind of all this old warmongering comic stuff, right? I mean, like it's very sort of, you know, pro-America, pro-imperialism. Right, exactly. Like, there's all of that bent to it. But I love, and it's it's always true for the Nick Fury character, he knows way more than he ought to, because as soon as he meets Nova, he's like, yeah, Richard. 
And he's like, how the fuck do you know I'm Richard Rider? And he's like, dude, I'm Nick Fury. <laughs> I fucking but know. It, 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 it reestablishes that same dynamic we had with, uh, with Crime Buster, where Nova's hanging out with a significantly less powerful, but much wiser and, uh, mm-hmm. and more competent character. Yeah, it's fun. And he's funny. He, he actually he has some really good jokes. He has some good lines. I'm going to see if I can find one. Yeah, he takes Nova up to their sort of like big flying stronghold. And Nova's like, wow, I've never pictured anything like this before. And he's like, yeah, we had Ronald McDonald decorate for us. So it's like, oh, we, we did skip over the part with Sandman at the beginning with crime. Was it with Crime Buster? It was Sandman. Uh, I yeah. don't. It may it's have three, been. It's like it's like three. <clears throat> excuse me. The first three issues all have Sandman. Okay. Yeah. So so he's kind of nothing in the in these three. Um, except I can't believe they we stretched sort of, him out over three. We, we, yeah, I know they did establish that he can like fly around as a as a sort of cloud of sand, like some sort of <laughs> like Dracula, the, like like fucking Imhotep from the Mummy. <laughs> he for sure is Imhotep from the Mummy. <laughs> I, I yeah, I mean Sandman. Sandman is interesting because at a certain point, the comics realized that his power set makes him incredibly scary and powerful mm-hmm. but it's tough to portray him that way i think unless you're like we're gonna really write it well or like i, I don't know it's like it's a tough it's a tough call well and he doesn't have some sort of like grand ambition to like to no. destroy all of new york so so it's an odd it's an odd cup like where he's this really powerful character who just wants to rob banks yeah exactly and everyone has trouble taking him down the hulk has trouble taking same man down and you're like yeah, but he just he like stole 300 bucks. Like, what are we like? What's he doing? My favorite part of these issues actually was not it didn't have to do with Sandman. Uh, it was one of these like back at school segments with Richard Ryder where he comes back because, you know, his relationships are all falling apart and he's like ducking ginger. We already talked about that a little bit, but he shows up and apparently he takes psychology in high school. And this is the wildest lesson plan I've ever heard in my fucking life. Because he walks into psych class and it's like, all right, everybody, take a knee. Let's get into the lotus pose. All right, kids, say everything you hate about your friends. Be honest now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what the fuck? This game backfire. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, that That seems so wildly irresponsible to me. <laughs> it's like, it's like, this isn't a psychology class. This is literally group therapy. Why are we doing it? Uh, yeah, so no- Nova is constantly exciting in that way. Just like I never know, I never know what the fuck is going to happen. I did not expect an entire Nick Fury arc. Certainly, where they fight a tidal wave, <laughs> where they fight a tidal wave with lasers. Fuck. I mean, how else are you going to fight a tidal wave though, if not with lasers? I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, yeah, Yellow Claw has this thing he calls the like flying dragon ship but it's not like a chinese dragon it's like an english dragon mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really silly <laughs> yeah. it looks like uh it looks like the uh looks like some sort of roller coaster cart <laughs> to, to a drag <laughs> to a medieval themed roller coaster yeah yeah god yes shane we've waited long enough the bells are ringing <laughs> the bells the bells my friend they are ringing can you hear the bells i, I can hear them <clears throat> Hello and welcome. Welcome to this week's A Fuck Mary Kill. Where we have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who is the one. And let me tell you, we're going to get wet this week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
All right. So first and foremost, the our front runner today is Corsair. He is a okay. sexy space pirate. All yeah. right. He is the father of Scott Summers. He birthed the hot Summers boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's he is number one. Number two. It's Summers Prime. The same <laughs> Summers Prime. We have Weapon Alpha. Okay. We yes. have the, the, the Maple Leaf hero himself. All right. This tree trunk man. And last and certainly not least, the only thing that can get me even more wet than the other two is... <laughs> A tidal wave. <laughs> oh, I, I think I've got mine figured out. <laughs> so fast, Get it. Rory. Get okay. it. Fucking so go. For, you, you, I mean, I'm not, you cannot, you cannot turn down an opportunity to fuck a tidal wave. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's gotta happen. That's that's already at the top of my bucket list. So like, let's fucking go, boys. Who's actually fucking who if it's a tidal wave, though? Well, you know, ebbs and flows. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, you. wait, 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 wait. Let me consult my moon chart. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoever gets fucked is the you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm game for whatever happens in the tidal wave. <laughs> you know, let, let God decide who who was who. <laughs> uh, in this situation, I th- I have to I have to kill Corsair. I have to kill Father P- Father Summers. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's not a it's not a it's not a. I mean, he did abandon my best friend Scott, so I think that's <laughs> I think that's kind of, I think. <laughs> I think I will. Yeah. I think I'll enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> um, Dang. And that and then you you marry you marry uh Weapon Alpha. I yeah. think because for one, he's a dreamboat. For two, I'm getting I'm getting Canadian. I'm getting Canadian Canadian passport <laughs> and fucking off out of here. And you get to legally change your last name to Maple Leaf. <laughs> Rory yeah, that's Maple true. Leaf. That's true. <laughs> And you get to like hear his accent for the rest of your life, and he'll be so nice to you. <laughs> he will be so nice. He'll be so nice to you. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. You can't marry a tidal wave because well, well actually, because, because Poseidon <laughs> forbids it. <laughs> because Poseidon will not allow a union between a man and between a tidal man wave. And wave. Between man and wave. <laughs> The Stick unholy union kind. of man and wave. <laughs> the sea belongs no, actually, to me. I may have talked myself into it because I'm not necessarily the most interested in marriage. So if you marry a tidal wave, the wave is going to break and it's gone. Like a wave is sort of an experience you have for a little while and then it's gone. So and you can't, and you can't, and you can't go to jail for the crimes of your of your spouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Husband and wife get me charged for the same crime twice. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so maybe, maybe I do, but then I'd have to kill one of the other two, and that's just that's just upsetting. You but I also free, don't you have know how you. How do you kill a tidal wave with lasers? We saw it. We saw him do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I marry the tidal wave, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I fuck Corsair. I'm so sorry, Major Maple Leaf. You, you, you kill but Major Maple Leaf? I'm and he's got so a bad boy sorry. thing. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, you do. And, you do. And 
I'm already half Canadian. I don't need that citizenship. I can go get that if I need it. So, you know, you know, I don't, I don't need, I don't need him for the functionality. I just want to fuck a pirate. (laughs) Okay. All right. I, I think, I think I walk that plank with you. Right. So Mm -hmm. I also (laughs) walk the plank. (laughs) I also, I also fuck the pirate. Okay. Yeah. So I walk all over that plank. I definitely kill the tidal wave. And then I ride that Canadian bacon into the sunset. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes. Very yeah. nice. Yes. Hey Andy. Uh, hey Andy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this over your way. I'm gonna need those anagrams. Yeah, so here's <laughs> here's what happens. I crunched the numbers. I had the guys that, you know, at, at the at the home base sort of work on it. You know, they did they did all their good work. They kind of filtered through the answers and found the the most potent. So Shane, when we factored in your middle name, <laughs> What we've been given is his histamine wink. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty good, but I don't think it beats Rory's. (laughs) Because when we put Rory's little middle name in there, we get red onion bravery. (laughs) Which I think has to be your superhero name now. It's my favorite spice. Oh shit! So, uh, so thanks for listening to the Infinite Backlog, issue thirty-five. I've been Carnivore Dad's Wine, my friends his histamine wink and red onion bravery, and uh, <laughs> fuck man, we had a lot of segments this week. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.